0: Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network. Available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio.
3: I don't care what you say. That appetizer of NFL football yesterday was like the mozzarella sticks that had absolutely no cheese in it. It oozed out throughout the process of either deep frying or baking or however you want to make your mozzarella sticks. But now we've got a main course of football on this Christmas Eve to keep us satisfied in week 16. Welcome in. It is Fox Football Fantasy Company alive from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 50 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. But the Vikings and Ravens are saying, okay, there's still mozzarella sticks, so I'm going to still eat these mozzarella sticks if I paid $7.99 for them. I don't care if there's cheese in them or not. The breading is good enough for me. I will take what I can get and be happy with it. If you've listened for the first 15 weeks of the season, you have been more than happy. And many of you are now sitting on the cusp of a championship in your fantasy football league. Well, why turn away if you haven't done it in the first 15 weeks? And why abandon the route that got you there? You gotta listen to the guy that's helped you week in and week out in this 2017 NFL season. And just because it's Christmas Eve doesn't mean he plans on stopping anytime soon. He is the one. He is the only. He is Michael Harmon. You know, I'm all full of
4: cheer and positivity, although I've been getting some comments over this Mary Sithmas shirt that I got, I got going here. <laughs> Darth Vader with You know, some Imperial Walkers and some other things going on there. Uh, You know, we celebrate each of the 256 regular season games. They're like, well, extended family to me. But those games yesterday for fantasy owners certainly left you much to be desired. Thielen, a non-factor. The Ravens, touchdowns caught by players nobody's ever heard of. (laughs) Campanero and Max Williams, two X's for savings. Uh, And then Frank Gore scores a touchdown. When you can't trust Frank Gore, ever he finds the end zone. And why would you play
3: him against the Ravens' defense? Well,
4: that only by volume, right? It's one of those that all right, I'm desperate and I'm looking at the touch count and I know he's going to touch the ball 15 times, so I have to leave him in as a flex or a back end number two. But you were probably looking for upside all over the place. Well, we'll try to do that and find that for you today. 12 more games on the slate today, and then two for your Christmas day, Uh, whatever, however, with whomever you're celebrating these couple of days, whether it's just enjoying a day off from work, we thank you for giving us a few minutes here at Fox Sports Radio. Dan and I have a blast doing this show with our team here, Isaac, Pastor Sam, and and with Robert Desmati, and and we appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us wherever you're going. If you're headed to services, uh, don't forget to give a nod to the big guy upstairs for us too.
3: It's amazing that in this holiday season, the NFL gave us garbage on Saturday because that's what we had. <laughs> well,
4: it's still a gift, okay. right? It's still a reminder.
3: I, I don't know. You I'm trying to really out. shovel something no, It's all. There, it's Dan. all good. It's, it's fine. <laughs> this happens. And really, when you look at what could happen today and then you look ahead to week 17... It's not like there's going to be half the games in Week 17 that matter. There could maybe be three or four that matter right. in Week 17 and everything else just be as it may. But the Green Bay Packers last night, to just touch on, we obviously know, knew that there was going to be no Aaron Rodgers. But what was even more interesting, Mike Carmen, I was watching the game, and at some point, I'm going to put it up on Twitter, and I didn't last night, but there was an opportunity where you saw Jordy Nelson out on the field and he ended up getting dinged up. And you see okay, Jordy Nelson number 87 and I started to think of the Green Bay Packer the wide receiver history. And there's 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 great history. Uh, Max McGee. Oh, oh yeah, see sure, uh, there you we, go. You know, you could you can you could go back, but I want to touch on the recent history and I cuz I saw number 89 last night and I'm like, wow, that's you know, James Jones. That's a number sure. that's popular. I saw Lance Kendricks wear number eighty-four. Michael Clark, by the way, wore eighty-nine. And I was trying to think of like the quintessential number of the Green Bay Packers wide receivers. Like the the number that like you identify and it was either eighty-four with Sterling Sharp and, and remember Billy Schrader? Sure. He was a he was a wide receiver from the University of Wisconsin lacrosse. You have eighty-seven where you could put Jordy Nelson and Robert Brooks, and then I thought the other number that you could put in for a wide receiver, I know I'm going totally off base here, but was 80 with Donald Driver and James Lofton. But the I... point being, remember last week when I said if you're watching the Seahawks, you're going to see a lot of numbers that you don't remember? With the Packers last night, you saw a lot of numbers. You just didn't recognize the faces in those numbers. And 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 that's the the, the point that I'm getting to in this, in this long rant is there were a lot of guys last night that you just didn't recognize. Number one being Aaron Rodgers, but even after the the fact for that for the Green Bay Packers, it wasn't there was no Devontae Adams last night. He was out. Well, he had and, to be
4: shut down. Yeah. I
3: mean, yep. based on the two
4: hits he's taken amongst all the others, but two very highlight, real worthy of a reminder of where we're at and the changing of the rules and how the NFL, you know, is governed mm-hmm. these days. And Devontae Adams is the poster child for wide receivers this year. But yeah, you mentioned Clark and Kendricks <laughs> hey. I mean, Jordy Nelson, three catches, eleven yards. You weren't expecting fireworks from the Packers, but you were expecting some sort of effort. It makes it for a, it's a chuckle, obviously, and it really does, nothing's going to come of it. But now that teams are reportedly complaining to the league that Aaron Rodgers needs to be released after being put back on IR, it just shows you what kind of year we're having in the league overall mm-hmm. to where someone would even pick up the phone yeah. or or strike five keys to try to put that together.
3: <laughs> I, I thought for Packer fans out there, and, and for other teams can relate to this throughout the NFL, when you see Brett Hundley overthrowing Jeff Janis <laughs> by 10 yards late in the game of a game that you're down by two scores plus that's the type of season that it's been for the Green Bay Packers
4: just a succeed and proceed yes. kind of opportunity here for the Vikings I mean that was uh it was cold and miserable I think game time temperature was 14 degrees uh and, and just got colder as the night wore on and and certainly not one from a style points that anybody was getting and from a fantasy perspective even less.
3: I don't know if Michael Clark arrived with Lewis for yesterday's <laughs> game. All right, let's get to the hot plays of week 16 of the National Football League. Guys, you got to get in your lineup Oh, wait, wait. Oh, yeah. What is this? The club is open All on right. Christmas Eve. <laughs> it's starting Woo-hoo! early. Hot plays, guys. You got to get into your lineup for week 16. You're likely playing for a fantasy title or maybe trying to stay out of last place. Mike, who do you got to get in your lineup this week?
4: Uh, let's get it started with Dak Prescott on the comeback trail. Top 12 performers, seven of the eight games played with Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott returns today in that matchup against the Seahawks. The big question here, though, is Tyrant Smith going to be able to go? They're saying he's going to give it the old college try, but what does that mean when it's all said and done? Hey, we've got the Steelers playing against Houston on Christmas Day, which means big plays over the top, at least in theory. And this is where it gets tricky because we know what the Steelers can do with teams that are struggling to use the term of Joe Namath from long ago. But we look at Juju Smith-Schuster. We look at Martavis Bryant. We're getting both of them in our lineups. 49 pass plays of at least 20 yards allowed by that Houston Mm. secondary. You want a streamer? You want to find a guy, the, the player out the Steelers that can maybe give you a little bit of love as well. You're looking at Jesse James. There's eight touchdowns allowed to tight ends by Houston. Came up and was a factor, at least for a moment in that game against New England. Going a little deeper. Let's go to Tyler Croft as a sleeper opportunist here for Cincinnati. The third most fantasy points allowed over the last four weeks uh, to tight ends have the Detroit Lions. That gives us Joe Mixon uh, as well. Uh, Remember, he was injured against Pittsburgh back on December 4th but he'd had 48 touches combined the prior two games. So they want him to have a huge workload. They want to showcase him here down the stretch, see exactly what he can do going forward. We've got Phillip Rivers going up against the New York football Jets. Yeah, he's coming off a dud. And really, single touchdowns, two of his last three. So, not exactly setting the world on fire. But you look at the Jets, 27 passing touchdowns allowed, over 21 fantasy points allowed per game over the last month. Jarvis Landry against Kansas City. Yeah, it means you have to trust Jay Cutler to at least complete it to him, which he's done with regularity. Five-plus receptions every game this season. Top 10 in red zone targets. We're trying to hit pay dirt here in championship week. Drew Brees against Atlanta. Atlanta, eighth most fantasy points over the last four weeks. Seven touchdowns, only one interception. Michael Thomas cleared to go. Kamara back. Remember, in the first meeting, didn't have Kamara there. You're looking at back-to-back two touchdown games for Breeze. His last two starts, first time that's happened since early October. That's how much they've relied on the ground game. But here, an opportunity against Atlanta to get after it. We look at Russell Wilson, the bounce-back game on the other side of that Dallas-Seattle game. Multiple touchdowns allowed, six of their last seven games. The Cowboys have not recorded a sack in four weeks. Mm. Think about that. That's just odd. (laughs) Sterling Shepard going up against Arizona last week, 11 for 139 and a touchdown. Opportunity once again working out of the slots. The Cardinals have been beaten up by slot receivers all season long, so there's an opportunity for Shepard, even though it's probably too late for many of you that expected great things from him and his tag team partner, Odell Beckham Jr., all year long. Uh, At least a couple of big target games here down the stretch, Dan.
3: The cold source for Week 16. We're going to flip it. The guys that you don't want to deal with, you don't want to touch, you don't want to see, keep out of your lineup if you want fantasy success. They are Mike Harmon. A.J. Green going up against the Detroit Ooh, Lions, fewer big, than 70. game game hunting. Well, that's what we're doing here. we got a short <laughs> list, and,
4: and they're all top-notch names. Fewer than 70 receiving yards, six of his last eight, and he's got Darius Slay, top 10 cornerback in this league. Some would argue top five. So for A.J. Green, I do expect Cincinnati to put up some points. I don't think they're dead just yet. This is the smack of a game against a Detroit Lions team that, let's face it, Everybody's waiting for Detroit to do what they do in Week 16 and Week 17, uh, which means a little bit more from Andy Dalton, but he's going to find the secondary guys, A.J. Green, not the primary. How about Kirk Cousins against Denver? You look at, even for all the warts on this Broncos team, the secondary still getting it done. Fourth best against quarterbacks over the last four weeks, giving up only about 11 fantasy points per game and only 175 passing yards. Per game, And you look at Cousins, four straight games as a mid-QB2. No thank you. Matt Ryan going up against mm. the Saints. Multiple touchdowns in only five of 14 starts this year. 20th or worse, three straight. And you look at the Saints on the other side. 10th best against quarterbacks. They are beat up. That's the one thing that coming into this game, there's a lot of injury issues going in. For the the Saints defense, so perhaps Ryan, you can push him up a little bit, doing a little wishing, wanting, and hoping. But given what's going on for fourteen weeks, very difficult to jump on board.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I've yet to jump on. I, I think it's the. I think it's a big day for the Saints today. I'll just put it that way. There
4: you go, Carlos Hyde against Jacksonville. He's going to be in your lineup as a second running back because of volume. This goes back to the Frank Gore theory uh, that Carlos had, obviously, a bit better week to week. But you're looking against Jacksonville, second best against the run, giving up 11.5 fantasy points per game. I really want to start dancing, Dan. Uh, Zero touchdowns during that period. On the flip side, San Francisco, very quietly, five straight weeks, just brilliant against opposing rushers. So Leonard Fournette... Again, another volume play. You're not benching him outright unless you're really bold and gutsy in a championship week. San Francisco giving up fewer than nine fantasy points per game to running backs over the last four weeks. Zero touchdowns and under 90 total yards per game. You got Alex Smith. You got Todd Gurley against Tennessee. He's going to have to make his mark in the passing game. You look at Alex Smith against Miami. It looks good. It looks good. But... Miami, 11th best against quarterbacks over the last four weeks, and that includes two dates against Tom Brady. And you look at Alex Smith, road splits, home road splits, you'd think he's great at Arrowhead. No. 18 of his 25 touchdowns have come
3: on the road. I also think they get a little conservative at home where they just And today you just get a win, you wrap up the AFC Succeed West. Succeed and yep. proceed, Dan. That's how you do it. This is Fox Football Fantasy. Do you have a mystery man clue? Or do you want to hold on to we'll that? We'll hold on to the mystery man. All right. Man. All right. We'll hold on to it. He is Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Bayer. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox, and you can get Mike at Swollen Dome, and the phone number's 877-99 on Fox. That's 877-996-6369. The Philadelphia Eagles may be missing Carson Wentz, but that's not the reason why they're going to miss the Super Bowl. We'll tell you the reason next year on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio. Looking ahead to Week 16. Two games yesterday two games tomorrow. One game we're going to dive into in a sec, but 12 games today in the National Football League, but no Sunday night football. So if you're on the East Coast, by about 7.30, everything is going to be wrapped up. Here on the West Coast, by about 4.30, we should be good to go with our football on this Christmas Eve.
4: Get your full of fill of gluttony and and everything rolling into the evening and watching whatever Christmas special, holiday, holiday, holiday special, or movie you like. Maybe it's an elf. Maybe you're, it's a drinking game with Will Ferrell. I, I don't know what the the story may be, but a, a lot of revelry in the <laughs> offing, and you don't have to sit and watch what potentially is a bad Sunday night football game. So you can move on from there, Dan. Fox Football Fantasy is brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago.
3: Mystery Man for Week 16, this is an opportunity for you to try to guess who Mike Harmon thinks is a good play this week. He'll give you some clues. Then throughout the show, you can tweet us, whether it be at Swollen Dome or you can get Mike, you can get me at Dan Byer on Fox. Give us a guess on who you think it is. Clue number one for the Mystery Man for Week 16. Week 16 of the National Football
4: League. He's been in the league for four years and has 29
3: career carries. <laughs> okay, but he is a guy that you should play or pick up and play if you have an opportunity to today. How about that? In fantasy football. Maybe a good value at daily fantasy if he's even in the database. That would be the one I'd be looking at. Absolutely. <laughs> Keep on scrolling down. The Philadelphia Eagles on Christmas night will take on the Oakland Raiders. And Mike, we so much is made about Nick Foles taking over for Carson Wentz and how this Eagles team isn't going to be the top threat in the NFL, or at least in the, in the NFC, to get to the Super Bowl because of the lack of their second-year star quarterback. All of it understood. But well, you've got a matchup coming up on Sunday night against the Raiders that I think that many people feel that the Eagles should take care of business, and then they can wrap up their home field and, and go on with it and do what they need to do. But the fact is, Mike Carmen, I look at this Eagles team And I look at what we saw last night in Green Bay and I look around the NFC and I'm starting to wonder a little bit about the Eagles' defense. We saw the Giants have some success last week, a game where New York jumped out to a 13-point lead in that contest. You've had another opportunity without Carson Wentz the week prior when he gets knocked out against the Rams. Still, L.A. puts up 35 points in that game. As I'm looking around the NFC and I see Carolina there, we see an improved Saints defense. One of the reasons why Philadelphia was a Super Bowl contender for a good part of the season was because we thought that their defense was different than in the past. They're still top ten in a bunch of different categories: scoring defense, yards allowed. But now I'm wondering, Mike Carmen, when you have a, a have a drop at quarterback, your defense needs to step up. I'm not sure Philadelphia's is doing that right now.
4: Well, I think it all plays as well to the, the fact that you haven't really established the ground and pound, even with, though you have... Couple of players that could do it between Ajay. running backs. Yeah, I mean you've got to, yeah. I mean a whole host. You just <laughs> got to put them together Blunt, like it's Voltron yeah. or Charlie Garner. Or, <laughs> um, <laughs> wow, now yeah. you're talking. Let's Montgomery. get a little, little yeah. Deuce Staley in while we're at <laughs> sure, it. Sure, bring Brian Westbrook yeah, back in. Yeah. I mean we've got them all, but but the idea being that between Ajayi and and Legarrette Blunt and the cast of thousands that you'd you'd go back to the tried-and-true formula and keep the defense fresh, have an opportunity. You look at them over the past month, giving up on an average of 250 passing yards and two touchdowns per game, and the secondary, as as they're still getting okay pressure. It's not that it's been devoid, but they're not getting those big hits. They're not getting the... the series-changing mm-hmm. plays that they were earlier in in the season. So Nick Foles, the pressure's going to stay on him so long as the defense doesn't re- revert to form. And, and they're going to play better opponents week in, week out. Now you get what may be a gift here against Oakland in Week 16 because I have to believe that when Derek Carr fumbled the ball through the end zone, a piece of his soul <laughs> went drifting <laughs> Through as well. You know, Amari Cooper yep. still banged up. He's going to try to play, but he's a shell of his former self. Only two games with more than 60 receiving yards all year. Crabtree's been fine. Like uh, Marshawn Lynch pops up on occasion, but Donald Penn now done for the year. And for Derek Carr, he's ranked 14th or worse for fantasy purposes. Uh, in 10 of his last 11 games. So he hasn't been able to make the big plays either, which means Philadelphia should keep rolling, but it just means the the answer to those questions just keeps getting kicked down the curb.
3: Raiders do have an outside chance at making it in the AFC, but a loss either this week or in Week 17 would knock them out as they would face the Chargers in Week 17. The Raiders and Chargers, by the way, two of six teams – that with a loss today would be eliminated from the postseason to other teams, Cowboys and Seahawks, playing today in Dallas, and it's the return of Ezekiel Elliott. And this is this is interesting for the fantasy aspect of for everybody who was able to navigate the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, which takes some savvy moves here and there because Alfred Morris wasn't as much of a threat. Rod Smith was the hot name early, and then he he didn't really produce. And then all of a sudden in the Giants game, he has the huge pass play and has huge production. But if you were able to navigate, now you've got Ezekiel Elliott going. And as you mentioned, that's all fine and dandy, but Tyron Smith is a question mark May try to battle through today in what is a must-win game for really both these teams.
4: Yeah, this this one's one to grab some popcorn and sit and watch, even if you have no fantasy implications, just because there's so much at play. I mean, your Seahawks with the number of injuries that they're trying to work through on the defensive side of things, Russell Wilson finally caught up to him last week where they just get absolutely boat raced at home and and what could be a franchise defining type game yeah there's
3: there's a lot of there's a lot of questions right I
4: mean because a lot of I heard the term all week of they they passed the baton to the Rams no the Rams found them stomped them to the ground and took it out of their hands in in very violent form
3: there there was yes I don't want to say like perfect storm is a term that's used way too much we know that the Rams Probably should have won in their first meeting in LA, right? And now you look at how the teams fare in leading up to that point. The Seahawks' defense sure was missing a lot, but Russell Wilson wasn't wasn't good on on right. Sunday. No, I- and now, if you go to Dallas and if you're the Seahawks and you get run over by the Cowboys, kind of like Todd Gurley did. I mean, the Rams were just great in every facet of the game. Yeah, if this was back-to-back weeks, if the Cowboys dominate the Seahawks, there is some real soul-searching in Seattle. And you look at the long-term ramifications of that, you don't have second- and third-round picks this year. You don't have a second-round pick in 2019, and now you've got a division with the Rams and Jimmy Garoppolo that you got to deal with. So the 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 future of the Seahawks, which kept on getting pushed back after the last couple of years, all of a sudden may suddenly stare them right. Right in the face, and with the Seahawks, you've got two stars bickering. Which, let's be honest, there there may be war of words. You don't see two All Pro guys like Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas going back and forth like you do. So there there there's got to be tension in Seattle, and and if they get run over today, wow, the, the, it's crumbling fast.
4: Yeah, just all all through it, the uh, you've seen the the cracks. I think a, a little bit with uh, it's been a lot in the media whether it was over you know the the protests earlier in the year, the Michael Bennett stuff i I can't imagine that with the way information came back out after that whole Las Vegas thing that that sat well because mm-hmm. he what whatever you believe, we can all, I think we can all agree he didn't tell hundred percent truth of what happened there and and really tried to to push a narrative. so when when we're looking at what Pete Carroll is trying to keep together you know, with all the contracts that have matured and those that are getting ready for their next, and while their bodies are breaking down in some respects and you're trying to figure out what the next iteration is, this becomes a very interesting proposition. But as we said in the the hot plays with Russell Wilson, you've got the opportunity here that the secondary for the Cowboys has been beaten pretty badly the last month. And why? Well, there's no pressure up front. Suddenly all of that... The goodwill of early in the season, they've reverted a bit more to what I had anticipated coming into the year. I thought they grossly outperformed expectations given the suspensions and defections and everything else early on, and now we've seen more of that. But everybody, you know, he's in the best shape of his life, Dan. Coming off this six-week suspension, (laughs) if you to believe it, you know Superman's walking through that door, uh, and Ezekiel Elliott gets back. I I have to believe they just try to ground and pound as best they can.
3: If you're a Doug Baldwin guy, or you've got him in your league, probably hasn't lived up to the expectations. Still need a couple of decent games. Needs about 140 yards to crack a thousand on the season. Not that that thousand-yard mark is the is the high point anymore. It seems thousand yards isn't as difficult as maybe it once was. The fact is, also only in the end zone five times is Jimmy Graham. Seems to be more of Russell Wilson's favorite guy.
4: That's the part of it that has been difficult for fantasy owners, that you were at least expecting more in the red zone looks. But again, it's that consistency of the offense. Running game hasn't been there much of the year. We we joked about the Eagles earlier. Eagles are living high compared to what the Seahawks have been this
3: year. He's Mike Carman. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. The New England Patriots host the Buffalo Bills today. And if it's in the Patriots' best interest, they should lose this game. Yeah, I- I'm going to tell you why right after Isaac Loencron tells us what the latest is going on. Good morning, Isaac.
5: Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Michael. Merry hey, Christmas to both of you. The latest uh, story out a left field reported this morning by Adam Schefter that multiple teams complained to the NFL last week that the Packers violated NFL rules by putting Aaron Rodgers on injured reserve twice with the same injury and that technically by rule they would now have to release him. Now Schefter noted that nobody expects Rodgers to be released but the other teams wanted to know why the packers were being granted
3: immunity in this situation well and- they, they found the hidden immunity idol that's why that's why, <laughs> they, that's why. survivor <laughs>
5: There's always a a potential marketing tie-in somewhere if you look deep enough. Coming up later on CBS. (laughs) Come on, Schefter. Dan and Michael were able to make that connection. You need to dig a little deeper. In a related story, if Rodgers eventually did get released, no word yet on whether or not the Browns' reaction would be, nah, we're good. Our analytics tell us Deshaun Kaiser's actually better. Meanwhile on the field last night the Vikings froze out the Packers on the field at Lambeau on second and goal
4: case play action deep drop fade to
6: gets back left to the end zone
5: lead 9-0. call the McCall on KFan as the Vikings won at 16 to nothing for their first shutout victory in 24 years. Hey, great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance. In the NBA Saturday night, Denver broke the Golden State Warriors 11-game winning streak by a 15-point margin, 96 to 81, as the Warriors went 3 for 27 from 3-point range. Russell Westbrook, another triple double in the Thunders' victory at Utah. The 90th of his career, fellas. That's over a full season's worth of triple doubles wow. for Russell Westbrook.
3: And the Warriors, I, I have a feeling looking ahead to what's happening on Christmas Day in their finals rematch with the Cavaliers. It happens. It just well, doesn't happen as often of as the Warriors. Yeah. And,
4: uh, tomorrow tomorrow's the opener. <laughs> and Steph Curry's trying to put together a group to buy the Panthers. I mean, there's a lot going on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that story was yep. Yeah, I'm I'm sure, I'm sure P. Diddy's gonna slide in with the ownership group and it's gonna be just like that. That's how it works. Thanks, Isaac. He is Michael Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. I mentioned the Patriots and why they may not want to win today. I know it sounds crazy, especially with home field still up for grabs in the AFC. But Mike, I just look at how the AFC has played out. And we see Baltimore getting a win yesterday, helping their cause. But you look at the teams on the outside looking in, and specifically you look at, in my mind, you look at the Chargers and you look at Baltimore, teams that I think New England would have a difficult time. If, if I'm the other teams in the AFC... I want the Bills and Titans to get the final two wild cards. That's how I look. I don't want anything to do with the Chargers. I know they put up a stinker against the Chiefs last week, but I don't want anything to do with that Ravens defense. Matchup-wise, I almost think that it benefits the Patriots to keep the Bills in it. I also don't think for New England, and I know things are different, I know they played a close game, and, and the Steelers should have at least taken the lead on the Jesse James touchdown that wasn't. But I don't think New England cares as much about home field. Whether it matters or not is a different scenario. We know the one year when they lost grasp of it and then Denver had it and Denver goes on to to win Super Bowl 50 over the Panthers. But I just look at the matchups and I I see the teams that you could play. I don't believe in Tennessee at all. If they make the playoffs, I think that they're out in the wild card round. I'm not a big believer in what Buffalo has done because I still have no idea. We're in Week 16. What direction they want to go? But if you put the Chargers and the Ravens in that playoff field, there's no there's no guarantee that they're knocked out in the wild card round, and then they're sitting there for either New England or the Steelers and how things play out. And I just think that those two teams are are more dangerous. The the Ravens and Chargers are more dangerous than what the Bills or Titans would provide.
4: Oh yeah, the Bills are the most enigmatic team in, in the National Football League this year in terms of the the way the roster's been managed, the quarterback position. Go back to that Peterman start. No. That That's all you need to know uh, about where they were putting this team together and trying to figure out whether Tyrod Taylor's the guy. Offensively, they haven't... How They're, they've done this with no discernible talent at wide receiver. Kelvin Benjamin's been a ghost. Zay Jones has popped up for about five plays. Clay has been hurt much of the season, and yet here you are. LaShawn McCoy, if for fantasy owners that had him, you watched him dominate and then disappear and dominate and disappear. So the fact that they're still in the playoff hunt is absolutely baffling. Their secondary disappeared for about a month and a half as well. So a mess. But the Chargers getting in, Chargers getting in with those two pass rushers, and they yeah. can get around Tom Brady's feet. Phillip Rivers, and yeah. We're, you know, and yeah, and yeah, we're talking about Brady yep. and injury and his Svengali, his guru, whatever title you want to give to him and his being around or not being around the team. There's just so much that suddenly changes. Terrell Suggs and that pass rush for for Baltimore being able to get after it. And Baltimore's always played New England tough. New England mm-hmm. may have gotten the better of them most of the time, but as they do everybody else, but they, they get tested. Time and again. Give me ten- Tennessee. Marcus Mariota most days can't hit the broadside of a barn, and that run game certainly not the monster that everybody anticipated.
3: Last week, I actually felt bad for Mariota in the game against the 49ers because I feel that Tennessee is wasting their quarterback. They have a third and two, and they're trying to, they're, they're in 49ers territory. And we know about exotic smash mouth. That's what Mike Mullarkey wanted to do with Marco Murray and Derrick Henry. has it been as potent this year as you would have thought. But on a third and two in a game where you need to get a first down, keep the clock moving, you can go in and and, and kick a field goal, they run the ball and they get stopped for no yards. So you don't trust your star quarterback who is mobile to put the ball in his hands, yet in three plays when the 49ers get the ball back – they're already in field goal range with Jimmy Garoppolo throwing down the field. Like it was when you compared one or the other, you're like, wait, which team was eight and five coming in and which team had the three wins? And then you realize, oh yeah, the 49ers were favored in this game. But it just showed the confidence and on one sideline and their guy who has only been there a month and then the lack of confidence or belief which i think is so unfortunate that you had in tennessee i just think the titans are a mess
4: they haven't figured out where the sit down receiver is no. you thought eric decker no. was going to be that guy i know that you know the the rookie was hurt much of the year davis he, he wasn't around delaney walker's been their only bright spot on a week to week basis uh Rashard matthews comes and goes like he had a good start to the season but he's disappeared being able to convert on those downs, again, as you mentioned, with Mariota's. Well, at least put ability, it in his hands. Right. You ab- know? Ability yeah. to make a play, stretch the defense, see if you can find a crease, turn it upfield, get your first down. So it, it's been a, a strange season watching them. And again, like the Bills, it's amazing that they're still in playoff contention. I think that speaks to where we're at in the 2017 season, which has been. Mm-hmm just rife with so many negative stories. But the play on the field has been head-scratching as well.
3: Chiefs can wrap up the AFC West with a win against the Dolphins today. Uh, And that Bills-Patriots game that we talked about kicking off at 1 o'clock Eastern time, no Rex Burkhead out for the Patriots. Calvin Benjamin, you mentioned dealing with those knee issues. Now
4: they're saying James White probably not going to play as well. So Mike Gillisley, who's been in mothballs for a long time, is most likely going to be the early down back, this is the latest report coming out, and that you'll see Deion Lewis more as a pass catcher and third down back. So Mike Gillisley suddenly on the radar. If you're in a daily fantasy league you're probably going to be able to get him on the cheap because, again, he's got no data for in recent memory, and here's an opportunity with the Patriots, a double-digit point spread favorite.
3: Is there a mystery man clue? Number two, the first one was he spent four years in the NFL and has a total of 29 carries. Number two, he is one of three players in NCAA history to rush
4: for at least 30 touchdowns in a season.
3: Okay, four years, 29 carries in the NFL, but one of three players in college football to have 30 or more touchdowns on the ground in a season. He it. He is Mike Harmon. I am Dan Byer. This is Fox Football Fantasy, coming live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. A Super Bowl... 54 preview may be on tap today in the NFL. We'll tell you who shines in that game next year on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Bayer. That's Mike Harmon. It's championship week in fantasy football. I know there are leagues that go to week 17, and we'll be here for you as well, but week 16 seems to be quite a common one, and Cornelio Gomez has a Leonard Fournette or Kenyon Drake as a flex option today.
4: Means he's got two other running backs that are better than those two. He likes two. Hunt.
3: He's gonna play Hunt and Camara. Okay. Kareem Hunt and, I'm with you. Yep. So he wants to know should you go Drake on the other sideline with the Dolphins and Chiefs or do you go Leonard Fournette going up against the 49ers?
4: Well as Kenyon Drake uh, well I guess as Drake is a fan of pretty much any front running <laughs> team, I'll be I'll make him the front runner here going up against Kansas City. Uh, you, you look at Fournette against San Francisco, they're ranked similarly. If you look at the, ex, quote, expert consensus, I just think with Fournette, it's a much more difficult proposition against that San Francisco front with Drake making big plays, chunk yardage. I think against Kansas City, that's your better option.
3: And congratulations to Doc Digler, who for the first time in nine years How about that? made the finals in a league that he is the commissioner of. He is in a standard league league and needs a flex play, Marquise Goodwin, Mohamed Sanu, Jay Ajayi, or Juju Smith-Schuster, who was one of your hot plays for Week oh, 16.
4: Very difficult to sit down, Jay Ajayi, but I think I have to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. i got to go for the, the big ceiling there against that Houston secondary. You know how much Dan and I have uh, talked up the exploits of Mohamed Sanu. I believe we probably should be some percentage yes. of his... Uh, Paychecks at this point. Goodwin has been strong, 50 plus yards, at least uh, at least 50 yards in six straight games. But obviously a difficult draw on the edges against Jacksonville. So he sits. Sanu's interesting. Always tough to sit a running back with quote guaranteed touches. But Juju Smith-Schuster, let's go for the ceiling.
3: I'm telling you, when you're watching Falcons Saints today, and the Falcons have a third and eight. Just close your eyes, and when they say pass complete, the words that are going to follow are to Mohamed Sanu for a first down. That is what you are going to get. He is the security blanket for Matt Ryan. He is one of two Falcons that I trust to be there every single game. The other one, Devontae Freeman. Everybody else is a Bitcoin stock. It's up and down. It's here and there. It's it's all over the place. I am all about the steadiness of Mohamed Sanu.
4: Steady as they go. Fox Football Fantasy brought to you by Geico. Great news. There's a quick way you could save money. We'll switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you could save 15% or more on car insurance.
3: Super Bowl 52 will be played in February in Minneapolis. Super Bowl 54 a couple of seasons away. But I wouldn't be shocked with the way things are going right now, Mike Carmen. We could have a Jaguars 49ers Super How about Bowl 54. That? That's the matchup that we get today. I mentioned Marquise Goodwin going up against a tough Jacksonville secondary, but Marquise Lee is out for Jacksonville. Jaguars can clinch the AFC South with a win today. Could also do it with some help by the Rams as they face the Titans, and if the Titans lose, it's the Jaguars. But a Jaguars 49ers now a little bit intriguing as they play in the Bay
4: couple of storylines, certainly. People looking to see Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, here's a nice big test for you against that secondary. Uh, I, I think it's a difficult proposition for fantasy purposes to put him in. You, you have some reliability in Garrett Selleck, and you have certainly Marquise Goodwin's come up with a number of big catches. But beyond that, you're wondering how much you're getting out of the run game. We had Carlos Hyde on the the cold sore side of things. So if you're not getting production out of him, does it all bog down and crumble. Conversely, for the Jaguars, you're looking at great play over the last month for Blake Bortles. Been a lot in the news. People finally giving him a little bit of just due. He didn't wasn't huge statistically early on. Why they relied on the defense and Leonard Fournette. Well, now with Fournette having been banged up a little bit, they've gone back to needing some big plays out of Bortles and Marquise Lee has been one of those heroes. Uh, He goes out last week, and and what happens? Well, you find Keelan Cole steps up into the forefront. He's a third wide receiver option for you today, if you're really bold, perhaps into the twos, but either way, a guy that's intriguing enough and enough targets between he and D.D. Westbrook to get both of them at least fantasy starter numbers.
3: When I say the likes of the Browns, Cardinals, Colts, and Texans, what comes to mind?
4: I can't say it. Um, it's a family show on a Sunday morning as people are going I'm to just, church. And- I'm just
3: going to say it. I did leave the Seahawks out of there, but those <laughs> are four out of the last five opponents the Jaguars have played. So while the Blake Bortles train is flying down the the train tracks, let's just pump those brakes a little bit, okay? Let's just let's just ease up. I know like any progress is good progress, but still, I know statistically he has been good. I just think that. All right, let's 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 hold on here. Let's just realize what the Jaguars have been dealing with.
4: All right, let's recognize we have two conversations here, Dan. There's the football aspect <laughs> yes, and the fantasy that's football true, aspect. That's true. For fantasy football purposes, I don't care. And he has another great <laughs> matchup here against the Niners. Top 10 fantasy points allowed per game over the last four months.
3: Speaking of don't care, one team doesn't care if their coach is back next year. We'll tell you who next. Week 16 is here. Tons of scenarios playing out throughout the National Football League, including a huge game in the NFC South featuring the Saints and Atlanta Falcons. They met just a couple of weeks ago on Thursday night. Now they'll do it again. Mike, you know, Week 17 is reserved for for division matchups, so you'll have 16 division matchups. What I kind of see as unfortunate is a lot of these division matchups won't mean anything.
4: No, but it'll be like a lot of the Thursday night football games that we watched over the course of the year, Dan. A lot of divisional matchups that most people didn't care about. And I think we're going to have much the same a week from now.
3: The Falcons and Saints highlighting the schedule today, in my mind, as the biggest game. Seahawks-Cowboys has a lot of glitz. Winner at least stays alive for a playoff hunt while they're in the playoff hunt, but the loser definitely eliminated. Now, there are other scenarios that can pop up, but That's what we've got with the Seahawks and Cowboys. The Raiders on Monday night travel to Philadelphia to face the Eagles in a game that we touched on a bit earlier as Nick Foles will start again for Philadelphia, but now there's even rumblings that Jack Del Rio's job could be in danger, which is interesting because over the last couple of days we've heard more and more about Hugh Jackson and maybe him not being as, despite what we have heard from ownership, But when you hear Hugh Jackson say some of the things that he did about Isaiah Crowell, and now there's a report he may have lost the locker room, there's rumblings in Oakland as well that could be more changes with the coaching staff, not only on the offensive side of the ball, but overall with maybe Jack Del Rio's job on the line.
4: Well, what's interesting is you shuffle that up, and then there's a report this morning that John Gruden, the oft included in the rumor mill, John Gruden is, quote, reaching out to potential assistants. Let's so let's throw that <laughs> in connect the uh, dots. I love it. I and, love it. And, and start swirling there. And and let's call it what it is that there there was a report saying it was connected to Dirk Cutter as well. So Tampa Bay in the mix, Oakland potentially the two places obviously that Gruden has coached and had success before. Suddenly those jobs both may become available for Oakland. It's been a year that was supposed to be filled with greatness. Obviously, you didn't know what you got. In Derek Carr early on, coming off the injury, uh, the oft-used quote of, it's broke, it's broke. Yes, that's Derek Carr live uh, from from the game last year. But Amari Cooper's been a no-go except for one game, right? He's shown brightly for one game and otherwise has been a non-factor. Marshawn Lynch, okay in spots. Offensive line is highly paid as what they thought they were putting together underperformed and defensively they had zero turnovers right the, you you looked at a team that was built on speed and attacking opposing ball carriers and quarterbacks didn't do much to force turnovers and give the offense anything to work with so now we look at you know the the opportunities haven't been there in a division that really was left up for grabs, especially when Kansas City came back to the pack. Chargers get hot. Denver's been a mess, and the Raiders are are floundering still.
3: If Gruden had a choice between the Buccaneers and Raiders, you could make it. Is it. Do you want to coach Derek Carr? Or do you want to coach Jameis Winston is, I, I think, a decision. What you also have to remember is, is is you mentioned, you know, when Curtin was with the Buccaneers, that defense was amazing. And right. when he went into the ring of honor that they had last week in their game against the Falcons and he was honored, sure Brad Johnson was there, but there was also a lot of, you know, defensive players that were mentioned. So when you're looking at the the future, yeah, I think that there's there's questions. One sideline has Khalil Mack. Another one asked Gerald McCoy. And I think you go with a pass rusher and Mack if you're making that decision on where you can maybe turn around a defense. The issue is, you know, you go back to Oakland for a couple of seasons before going to Vegas. If that was your, that was your option. But I think that's you know, that's
4: part of it that would probably appeal to Gruden as well, though, is you know there's going to be a lot of attention when they move to oh, Las sure. Vegas. Not, not that it won't be – muted a little bit by the palace that's going to open down the road from us here in Southern California about the same time. But you're still looking at all eyes of the football world. How is this going to work? And you get to be the guy that shepherd that. I think there's something in terms of the ego that could be fed in that regard.
3: In regard to Jack Del Rio, isn't it just the progress of Derek Carr? Isn't that what everything is tied to? Because when I go, when we talked about Marcus Mariota 20 minutes ago – that's been my issue is you, you've got a guy who you used the second overall pick on a couple of years ago, and not only maybe hasn't he developed into the quarterback you would have hoped, but you also then just don't trust him in certain situations to do anything. I think if the right situation happened in Tennessee where you focused on developing Marcus Mariota as, as a quarterback that he would have great success, that's the a, a question I think that you've got in Oakland as well is, Derek Carr hasn't been, oh my gosh, that's Derek Carr. You mentioned Amari Cooper, the offensive line, Jeff Schwartz, uh former lineman who who does work for us here on Fox Sports Radio, I think tweeted, you've got an offensive line that's running a zone blocking scheme, and you've got maulers like Donald Penn and uh Calcio Semele. Just you're spending a lot of money. And if they're not using what they're right. paid to do. What's the point of doing? It, it seems to just be a lot of a lot of confusion, and, and the progress of that offense just hasn't taken a step forward. You look at it right now; over
4: three years in Oakland, Del Rio, twenty five and twenty had the twelve and four record, losing in the wild card game to the Texans a year ago. The year prior was seven and nine. Six and eight, seven and nine. Jeff Fisher wants back into the coaching oh, game. Goodness. Let's throw him in oh, as goodness. well. Sorry, seven and nine. It just triggered the memories.
3: Before we get to the hot plays and cold sores, I want to bring up another mystery man clue because we're going to reveal it in about 15 minutes. The mystery man of week 16, a guy you got to get in your lineup. He has spent four years so far in the NFL. It's just 29 carries, was clue number one. And clue number two was he's one of three players to have 30 or more touchdowns. On the ground in a college football season or or scored, I should say, not passing, but rushing right. or receiving in a college football season.
4: Rush for well thirty one yard uh thirty-one touchdowns, Monty Ball and Barry Sanders, the only two to join him in that exclusive okay. club. Uh, how about this for a third clue for you, Dan? Played only one year on the big stage in college football. All right. Jucos oh. and whatever else, but literally one year.
3: That is your mystery man for week 16 that we will reveal in 15 minutes. But in 15 seconds, we'll get the hot plays for week 16. Guys, you got to get in your lineup. But first, I want to tell you, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Let's get to them. Hot plays for week 16 in the National Football League.
4: Let's get it on. Let's start with Philip Rivers going up against those Jets over the last four weeks. Giving up 21.4 fantasy points per game. Sorry, the ABBA music just uh, took me away. (laughs) 27 touchdowns allowed to opposing quarterbacks this season by the Jets. Drew Brees going up against Atlanta. I'm pushing that we actually have a streak of multi-touchdown games for Drew Brees. His back-to-back touchdown games the last two weeks, the first time he's done that since early October the Falcons' eighth-most fantasy points allowed over the last four weeks. Seven touchdowns, only one interception. You have Michael Thomas. You have Alvin Kamara at the ready. Let's go to Sterling Shepard. 11 catches, 139 at a score last week. Now an opportunity here with another huge target count working out of the slot. The Cardinals have been beaten time and time again by receivers out of the slot position. You're looking at Russell Wilson. Multiple touchdowns allowed six of the last seven games by this Dallas defense. They have zero sacks in the last four games. Mm. Zero sacks. No pressure. Opportunity here. Doug Baldwin back in as a number 2. Maybe if you're in a daily fantasy league, you're taking a look at Paul Richardson. Maybe going a little bit deeper down the the wire there. And certainly Jimmy Graham locked and loaded. Deion Lewis, no Burkhead. Not there to steal those touches. James White also inactive. So double-digit touches in nine straight game, 60-plus rushing yards, four of his last five. Got to watch here, though, Mike Gillisley. We mentioned the Daily Fantasy League plays. There's a guy you're going to be able to get on. The cheap reports are that he is going to take a lot of the early down work and certainly the goal line work for the Patriots in this matchup against the Buffalo Bills. Kendall Wright. Yes, I'm going to recommend a Bears wide receiver. Again, probably daily <laughs> fantasy, fantasy league or an absolute desperation play. 21 targets over the last two weeks. Opportunity here for Wright against the Cleveland Browns. Still pretty solid against the run, but can be hit downfield. D.D. Westbrook against the San Francisco 49ers. We look at him and pair him with Blake Bortles. Bortles uh, going up against the 49er team, top 10 most fantasy points allowed over the last four weeks, and he's got four straight top 10 performances as a fantasy QB. This might be a bunch of suspects in terms of the column, but you know what, Dan? Fantasy owners are still licking bills at the end, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> Aditi Westbrook, slow game last week. Two two catches, two targets, only 21 yards, drew a couple of penalties, but that doesn't help your fantasy bottom line. But he'd had 33 targets the prior four weeks. Opportunity here against the 49ers secondary.
3: I don't want to compare it to a gas station pizza, but you come in with expectations that are really low, and when it's not half bad, you're like, Hey, this is pretty good. Okay, that's what I think we've gotten with Blake Bortles over the last couple of weeks. Remember who he's played. That, that's, that's all I just want to put out there. And as Mike said, we're separating fantasy from, from real stuff. He'll get you something for fantasy-wise. As we're looking at quarterbacks going into the playoffs on a football winning level, different story. Cold source for Week 16, guys to stay away from in the National Football League. Well,
4: first, that roadside pizza and and, and whatever, there are two things that people always say, no matter what, it's still all good. Nocturnal activities, no matter how short or bad, (laughs) still nocturnal activities, and pizza. Anyway, cold sores for Week 16. Carlos Hyde against those Jacksonville Jaguars, their second best against running backs over the last four weeks, only 11.5 fantasy points per game. And volume play here, Hyde's still going to be a second running back for you. Leonard Fournette on the other side, same thing. He drifts into the RB twos for me. San Francisco, very quietly, zero rushing touchdowns allowed over the last five weeks. Over the last month, fewer than nine fantasy points per game allowed Mm -hmm. to opposing running backs. Opportunity. Todd Gurley against Tennessee. We put him on the list here because over the last month, the Titans, fourth best against opposing running backs. But where they can get hit and did early in the season were running backs catching the ball out of the backfield. That's how the Rams are going to have to use Gurley today for him to have a positive impact for your fantasy team. We look at Matt Ryan going up against those New Orleans Saints. Multiple touchdown games, just five of 14 times this year. He's finished 20th or worse for fantasy scoring three straight weeks. And you're looking at the Saints, the 10th best fantasy defense against quarterbacks during that period. You just want to go after uh, Matt Ryan? Go ahead. No, no, no. You want to bury him? How about we bury A.J. Green and Kirk Cousins while we're at it?
3: See you later. Beat
4: it. That's a nice summary statement. I wrote that down here. (laughs) You know, A.J. Green, fewer than 70 receiving yards, six of his last eight. Darius Slay's got him. And then Kirk Cousins, even though Denver's had their issues, four straight games for Cousins as a mid-QB2. And Denver, fourth best over the last month, giving up just 175 passing yards per
3: game. I, ha- I have to say, it. if it wasn't for Bengals-Lions, and heck, you know what? Lions are at least still in the playoff picture. Broncos-Redskins is the most irrelevant game of the week. It is. I mean, at, at least Browns-Bears has intrigue that the Browns maybe could, again, get a victory. But everything else has a little bit of intrigue, but Broncos-Redskins, which was... Super Bowl twenty two, and at the start of the year, you would have thought, well, this is going to be a really unique matchup. This one turns out to be a stinker.
4: There's two things that I'm looking for in this game. Paxton Lynch, whether he plays at all, not that it really means anything on the grand scope, but you always just want to get a look-see at a quarterback who may or may not be part of the evaluation process for the future. The other is to make sure that Kirk Cousins is still walking off with all his limbs attached at the end of this game because – Those are the dominoes as we get towards the end of this regular season that we're waiting to fall in terms of the quarterbacks, right? Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) is going to get franchise tagged if they can't come to a big deal in San Francisco. He's energized people in the Bay Area at least enough to where, all right, they'll figure out something even if it's one year to figure out the long term going forward. But Kirk Cousins right now? Is he necessarily a member of the Washington be, Redskins? He could be on the
3: other sideline next season. I, I, I mean, Denver's been brought up as a possibility right. if, if, if he ends up hitting free agency and going that route. I want to see him franchised again
4: and earn $34 million. Ups. That's <laughs> what
3: I want to see, Dan. He's Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. By the way, there's a report out there that the Bengals could be eyeing Jay Gruden to replace Marvin that? Lewis if Lewis does officially step aside something to keep our eye on there. It is Fox Football Fantasy. us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. You can get Mike over at Swollen Dome. The Carolina Panthers can clinch a playoff berth with a win today, but it's a much bigger day for their quarterback. We'll tell you why next year on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio. I want to dive into Cam Newton and the Panthers in a sec, but it is winning weekend. He is Mike Carmen. I'm Dan Byer. It is week 16 in the National Football League. And uh, our, our Twitter name of the year, I need a bong hit. I need a. Yes, bong hit is the last name. Sweet in. It's for all the marbles, Mike Carmen, Derrick Henry, or Peyton Barber today. Can I punt? You can.
4: That's not an option, though. Uh, we, we need a winner. Uh, Barber against Carolina, not the best. Of matchups, but opportunity certainly appears to be there. You know, we when we look at the Tennessee Titans getting nearly a touchdown uh, at home against the Rams, something that is not lost on a lot of us uh, still playing in the fantasy world. Here is the the way you get after the Rams is to run the football, which means I think you see an awful lot of Murray and and Henry, and Henry being the more explosive player. If I'm going to rank them, I think I'd take Henry a couple of slots higher and look for a higher ceiling based on one or two big plays. With Barber, I don't know that it necessarily comes against Carolina in the run game. I think downfield you're going to have an opportunity for Mike Evans uh, and whomever else they happen to line up because they're all hurt uh, <laughs> at this point between Breit and Deshaun Jackson. Uh, one of the players we're looking at, Chris Godwin, getting the lookie, look, the rookie out of Penn State. He's got 37 targets on the season, 24 catches. Perhaps there's an opportunity there as a deep daily fantasy play there. But for Peyton Barber, more more effort in the run game.
3: When all else fails for the Buccaneers, and we mentioned maybe the dirt Cutter being ousted, John Gruden could connect that dots maybe to the Raiders as well. The lasting image, the lasting message the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will send in 2017 is... What a boring hard knocks. That's it. And like No matter <laughs> no matter what happened throughout the regular season, that's what I get from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I remember names that we watched in August, and Chris Godwin's one of those names. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. That season stunk. But on the Panther side of things, you're going to think of a lot, a lot more. And, Mike, as we talk about Nick Foles, and you bring up the name of Case Keenum, and you look at what Jared Goff has done with the Rams. As this playoff picture is settling out, Cam Newton, and, and Drew Brees is, I don't want to say limited role because it's not apropos, but limited to what Drew Brees used to do in the National sure. Football League. Yep. Cam Newton is by far and away the, the quarterback, in my mind, that would shoulder the most load of any of the teams that could make the NFC playoffs. And Cam is, Cam's thrown for more than 4,000 yards once in his career, and that was his rookie season. So he's never thrown over 4,000 yards outside of that rookie season. But in a year when we were wondering if Cam Newton should run the ball or not run the ball, and I have been on team running from the absolute get-go, I don't know why you wouldn't want Cam Newton to run, he is on the, the cusp Of having the most rushing yards that he ever had in his career. Just needs a hundred more to break what he did in his second year. So that's 50 today against the Buccaneers and 50 next week against the Atlanta Falcons. Not that it's a given but the fact of the matter is When we talk about MVPs and you're trying to figure out, okay, is it Russell Wilson? Is it Carson Wentz? And maybe they eliminate themselves for injuries or bad performances. Antonio Brown, I never got the Antonio Brown talk, but now he's taken himself out of it because of his injury. When you're trying to find an MVP, it seemed like we would default to Tom Brady. Todd Gurley, I think, is a viable option. But when you look at what the Panthers have done and you look at 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 least – This is a team that is the only reason the Vikings haven't clinched a first-round bye, by the way, because there's still a way that the Panthers could win the division and get that bye. Cam Newton's importance to this Panthers team, I think, is bigger than maybe any other quarterback that you've got in the NFC. Well, certainly,
4: when we look at the conference overall, you miss Greg Olson for a long period Mm -hmm. of time, your number 1 option. You trade away Kelvin Benjamin, just decide you're done with that experiment. Funchess appears on the radar and has a couple of big games. He's been dealing with injuries for about a month now uh, as well. Shoulder, uh, among other (laughs) things. So you look at Cam Newton on a week-to-week basis. Seven of his last nine games, he's carried the ball at least nine times. And you look at Stewart and McCaffrey. McCaffrey has been solid as a rookie, but not world-beating. Not having those big plays and big impact moments that I think we necessarily thought. And I think for Cam when we look at Cam Newton, that there's they're just there's they want to push him off to the side to a degree. Carolina not an exciting brand of football as, as good and exciting as Cam is at times. And the fact that the South has been a muddled mess where you have three teams in contention, it's easy to just kind of mm-hmm. say, ah, he's 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 part yeah. of a, a possible playoff team. But to the other, the Antonio Brown was he's a wide receiver doing some crazy things. Lifetime Achievement Award, I think, was yes. More, I would, more I would, anything.
3: I would agree with that
4: because nobody brought in Ben yeah. Roethlisberger's name in any of this. No, so still got to deliver and, the ball.
3: And if you look at his numbers compared to like other receivers at that point in years past, there were better seasons in 2016 or 2015 to what Antonio Brown was doing. He just had a lack of candidates.
4: Yeah, and I think what when we get into MVP discussions, we've seen it in the NBA. You want next? Yeah, right. You want someone else holding up the hard hardware. At the end of the year, you know, the reason Michael Jordan didn't win it every year, the reason Kobe Bryant doesn't have three bookshelves full of them and go on down the line. Same thing in the NFL. We've seen Cam Newton excel before. The thing he needs is the Super Bowl trophy to go up there. The MVP, I think, pushed away because Tom Brady barely thought of as well, right? He became the default guy once Wentz and Brown got hurt to where it suddenly. Well, I guess you have Tom Brady. (laughs) Nobody was making the argument for him before because it was more Tom Brady doing typical Tom Brady things. I think the impressive part about Cam Newton is he doesn't have the gaudy passing numbers on a week-to-week basis. Yet they're finding wins. Defense is playing well. You don't have much of a running game. But getting it done with his legs, making big plays, and then wearing cool hats when they win.
3: Mark this down. Rob, our executive producer, cam Newton should be in the MVP conversation and there 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 is no doubt about it he has thrown one interception in the months of November and December yeah you want to talk about helping your team win we talk about the we got to talk about Heisman moments what about the run against the Vikings sure they didn't th- do anything in the air you mentioned you've got a dinged up Greg Olson for most of the season you trade away Calvin Benjamin I'm gonna put Curtis Samuel as a guy that they were going to rely on as a rookie in and out of the lineup and then done for the season. Right. It was two years ago in that Super Bowl that Funchess was the maybe third option, but you also had Philly Brown and Ted Ginn, both those guys out of town. So when you're looking at the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Stewart hasn't provided much of a, of a running game. You mentioned McCaffrey and what he's done, no huge plays, but he's really been Cam's security blanket. The numbers may not show it, but he is just, to me, so vitally important to what the Panthers could do and is really the reason why they are where they are and at least have a legitimate shot to, to do some damage in the playoffs, and it's all going to be on his shoulder.
4: Because you know what everybody's going to argue against him, right? It's Luke Keekley it's Luke
3: Higley. it's it's his team the the, the passing numbers aren't going to blow you away but they they ne- don't shouldn't necessarily they don't have to yeah they don't have to win
4: games make enough plays for your team to win and when we look at it i mean certainly from our the aspect of what we're doing here from a fantasy perspective some ridiculous numbers with the number of games over 40 or 50 rushing yards along the way as well as the handful of touchdowns there I mean, he's been invaluable. And, and I think when we expand those discussions, for me, I, I was at least trying to make sure I still, someone was stumping for, for Brady when everybody still had Wentz and Antonio Brown. Like, why are we forgetting him? And if you want to, and that was just, you know, somewhat the voice in the wilderness. But then you, you start adding the the larger perspective. Yeah, Cam, Cam certainly is a guy to be looking at.
3: And you look at how everything falls on the shoulders of other quarterbacks in the NFC, the most is going to fall on his shoulders. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Football Fantasy. As we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios, one NFL coach may have cost himself his job this week, and it had nothing to do with what his team did on the field. We'll tell you about that. But first, Isaac Lohenkron gives us a look back at what's happened last night in the National Football League and a look forward to what's happening in the NFL? Morning, Isaac. Morning, Daniel. Right. Ha-
5: hey, Michael. What happened last night was a shutout by the Minnesota Vikings. First shutout victory for them in over 24 years. They blanked the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, 16 to nothing, to improve to 12 and three. They can clinch a first round by today if Carolina loses or ties against Tampa Bay. Staying with the Packers, Adam Schefter reported this morning that multiple teams complained to the NFL last week that the Packers actually violated NFL rules by putting. Aaron Rodgers on injured reserve. Twice with the same injury and that technically, by rule, they would now have to release him. Schefter reported that the Packers are not expected to be forced to release him, but other teams have been contacting the NFL, wondering why the Packers got a pass in this situation. On the bright side, if the NFL did force the Packers to release Rodgers, at least he wouldn't have to be next-door neighbors on road trips anymore with
1: Clay Matthews. Are you taking all your tiny shampoos? I
5: Come like to think of it after hearing Matthew Singh wouldn't blame Rogers if he was the one who leaked that story to Schefter. <laughs> Schefter also reported today that Steelers receiver Antonio Brown is not expected to be ready for the wild card round of the playoffs. Brown, of course, recovering from a partially torn calf muscle suffered last week against the Patriots. Hey, another year, another set of groomers. NFL media's Ian Rappaport reported today that John Gruden is right now going through the process of reaching out to former assistants to see if they would be available if he were to get a head coaching job and that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be his preferred destination. And finally, fellows Rapaport also reporting that should Washington move on from Jay Gruden, that he would be the preferred candidate to replace Marvin Lewis in Cincinnati.
3: So, groomers all over the place. Thank you, Isaac Cincinnati. Taking on the Detroit Lions today, there was a picture tweeted out about the Bengals tailgate that we've got two and a half hours before kickoff of a game against Detroit and the parking lot is empty. (laughs) And this is from Paul Denner Jr., who writes for the Cincinnati Enquirer, tweeted out a picture of the parking lot at Paul Brown Stadium. Again, we're two and a half hours away from kickoff. And the, it, it's Christmas Eve, we get it, but Lions and Bengals, not the draw that you've got.
4: Funny, we could put up some orange cones and have our own field. We could play our own full-on game. 100 <laughs> yards, no... No, nothing getting in our way. No cars, no people, no tailgates. I don't have to run in any grills. It looks like a That's grocery awesome. store
3: parking lot on Christmas Day when it's closed. <laughs> Nobody is there. A There's... couple of folks that say,
4: forget your parking bans <laughs> yes. and your notices. I'm still parking here.
3: Oh, Amazing. We've got the Mystery Man reveal coming up in 60 seconds, but want to let you know we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 Auto. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Lions still have an outside chance at making it to the NFC playoffs. Gonna need some help along the way. They're eight and six along with the Seahawks and Cowboys. All of those teams need the Falcons to falter, and the Falcons have the Saints today. And what is our marquee game in week 16?
4: Difficult spot for the Falcons. We had Ryan on as our one of our cold plays. So certainly when we're looking at that squad they get tevin coleman back in some capacities no better than a back-end number two or flex play for you alongside devonta freeman so difficulties there julio jones you know how i feel on a week-to-week basis he will gut you just as often as he you know excites you in terms of his performance you're a more consistent consistent player we have celebrated his entire catalog Mohamed Sanu. Now, for the (laughs) Detroit Lions, when we look at Matthew Stafford, uh, another season where the numbers pile up and there are some great games that help to mask some deficiencies on that squad, but uh, Marvin Jones Jr. having himself a nice year. Golden Tate, not the consistency that you anticipated, nor did you get that from Eric Ebron. But a good spot here for Ebron against the the Bengals, a team that gives up a, a lot of work to opposing tight ends over the course of the season. You're looking at the, what, 10th or 11th most fantasy points per game to opposing tight ends. Conversely, Tyler Croft with a a shot against the Detroit Lions. This is one that maybe not a lot of folks are excited. This is just North of that Washington game <laughs> that we were talking about. Redskins
3: bronco is <laughs> the most meaningless game that we've got this weekend. So it's here's, here's it's true.
4: I, here's what I'd do in the, the parking lot there for that game, though, Dan. I, th- I think I'd give everybody some, some cool pastels and some chalk, and we'd have a nice um, mural contest for those that did
3: show <laughs> up. How about that? Uh, you know, Giants Carlos, by the way, also knocking on that door, of the most meaningless game of the weekend. You don't want to but watch Drew Stanton quarterback? <laughs> he's back. The how Blaine how Gabbard, he keep coming back? The Blaine Gabbard hype train that you wish that was going to continue ended up finally uh, screeching to a halt why in wouldn't, Arizona. So Drew Stanton back at quarterback. Why
4: wouldn't they just let him finish the job? There's two more weeks. What's the difference?
3: I, maybe when you lose to the Redskins, that's what you end up doing. You end oh, up losing okay. your job. Let's reveal the mystery man for week 16. Mike Harmon, the clues again, four years in the NFL so far, just 29 carries, was one of three players to have 30 or more rushing touchdowns in the in college football in a season, and the final clue was?
4: He, I, I forget which.
3: It was the yardage. Oh, it was one. the yardage, yes, yes,
4: yes, yes. Uh Again. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> we're we're I, conflating I, all our data points.
3: <laughs> Who's the mystery? Over seven, no, no, no. He only played one year. Yeah, in, that's true. In major college in football. In major college football. That's so, what it was.
4: 1,741 rushing yards, 31 touchdowns at Colorado State. He is Capri Bibbs, and he is oh. part of that <laughs> matchup. Between the Redskins and the Denver Broncos. Remember, he was with the Broncos at one point. Samaji Piron, a game time decision. You may see a lot of Capri bibs today.
3: I'm I'm sorry to uh, to lead you away um, by mentioning <laughs> the yardage thing. That's my bad. Um, not as bad as what Hugh Jackson did to Isaiah Crowell this week, and this could end Ooh. up costing costing Hugh Jackson his job. Talking about Crowell's 59 yard run, Hugh Jackson essentially says. Eh, anybody could have done it. You were, Actually, he did say you or I or five other guys could have ran through the hole that Isaiah Crowell had. Now you've got a bunch of people in the Browns locker room reportedly not happy with Hugh Jackson, and there's questions that Hugh Jackson may have lost the Browns locker room as they sit at 0-14 and, and face the Bears today.
4: You mean his 1 in 29 record didn't do it?
3: Yeah. That wasn't wasn't good enough.
4: <laughs> that that one didn't cuz <laughs> you know what? Now we have a legitimate statistical sample size. You need at least 30 instances. We have them. It, it's not good.
3: I will say this. It is when you get to the point of criticizing your players or maybe just not giving them it, in the in the day and age of coach speak, when you go to the efforts to take shots at players like he's done over the last couple of weeks, that doesn't send a good message. That doesn't not when you do it. And the, his whole point was the the momentum runs are the ones where you break tackles. But yet, how are you going to criticize a fifty nine yard run? Somehow, Hugh Jackson found a way to do it today. They're a touchdown underdog to the Bears.
4: You just keep feeding the guy the ball. Isaiah Crowell has for the last two seasons shown if you feed him the ball, he gets stronger and he will give you chunk yardage as the game goes on. Here's an opportunity. Here's the quote. When everything is blocked pretty and you can just run through there, that doesn't happen but once or twice a game. I'm not saying that he doesn't do that. I mean, he does it well for us, but I'm just saying you guys are talking about a run that I'm being very honest, we all could have run through. <laughs> I, I abhor coach speak, right? Yeah. Where there's saying yeah. nothing. This goes to the takes the pendulum to the completely other side. Like coach, coach, not, you may only have two games left. You may already know. You only have two games left. But how how does this endear you to anybody? And how does any locker room say, you know what? Bring me that guy. That's that's who I want as my next OC, or that's the guy I want as my next head coach.
3: Just an asinine move. An awful look. And I'll tell you what, there is one guy that could have ran through that hole. BA in Alabama joining us on Fox Football Fantasy. Merry
6: Christmas, BA. How you doing? Feliz Navidad, mis amigos. What's up, brother? Oh, uh, I lost. I'm in the consolation oh. game. I know. Well, that sucks. Blame me. <laughs> nah, no, no, no. You've given me many championships. You know that, Domer. Hey, uh, real quick, as a Christmas, uh, Star Wars joke, uh, do you know how Darth Vader knew what Luke Skywalker got him for Christmas? How? He felt his presence.
4: <laughs> <Aha>!
6: <laughs> well done. Anyway. <laughs> what
4: do you got?
6: <laughs> All right. Um, I want you to rank these six for me. All right. Uh, uh, how about uh, Martavis Bryant, Clemson, Marvis Jones Jr., California, Jesse James, Penn State, Vernon Davis, Maryland, Richard Matthews, Nevada, and La Cigarette Blunt, Oregon, rank those six for well, me. I had another question about rookies, but I'm I'm we'll we'll, we'll do that later. But I want to tell you that. Fifty years ago, 1967, Joe Namath, Roll Tide, was the first quarterback. It's over 4,000 yards. And it's Jim Harbaugh's birthday is 54. God bless us, everyone, even the Auburn fans. Thank you. I'll call you soon. Love you. Roll Tide, America.
4: Be good, B.A. B.A. at <laughs> even Alabama. Those, even those Auburn fans. Let's get them in today. All right, let's run through these right quick. Give me Bryant. Give me Jones. Those are two I want right off the jump Third, we are going to go to Vernon Davis. Fourth, Jesse James. Fifth, LeGarrette Blunt,
3: Sixth, Rashard Matthews. If you had any of those players this season... You are locked into Fox Football Fantasy because we talked about those guys. We talked about LeGarrette Blount every single week this season for B.A. in Alabama. It is Fox Football Fantasy. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. You can always reach us on Twitter. I'm at Dan Beyer on Fox, and you can get Mike over at Swollen Dome. There are a bunch of clinching scenarios in the NFL today, but one team is better than all the rest when it comes to sealing the deal. We'll tell you who that is next on Fox Football Fantasy. Fox Football Fantasy on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Bayer. That's Mike Harmon. Adam Vinatieri and the Colts have one more game left this season. He's not going to get his bonus. Missing uh, had some tough games for Vinatieri this season because he had the snow game in Buffalo. They made him kick a 60-yarder in the rain yesterday against the Ravens, which was, by the way, online. It was like a yard or two short. But going to miss out on that $500,000 bonus.
4: Team more or less flipping him off at this moment, Dan Byer. Uh,
3: (laughs) You know, he sounded
4: as grizzled and and hateful as Bob Dylan did singing that Christmas song.
3: (laughs) There's no hate when the family gets together. Let's wrap up this Christmas Eve edition of Fox Football Fantasy. Yeah, buddy. As we play The Feud. Guys, top eight answers on the board. Sam Kinsley's our technical producer. Rob Dosmani, our executive producer. Isaac Lohenkron anchors the show with Mike Harmon right next to me. They make up the Fox family, and we'll try to reveal top eight answers on the board. Most division titles as a franchise in NFL history. NFL history is a very, very big clue. Three strikes on the board, one pass available. Looking for the top eight. Mike Harmon, we start with you. I'm going to take the chalk of the
4: last 20 years of my life, the New England Patriots.
3: The New England Patriots' most division titles is a franchise in NFL history. Show me Patriots. No, oh! you can dominate for two decades and it doesn't matter,
4: <laughs> gentlemen. Oh. I, I,
3: you be warned. It will. It tells you on how bad things were for the patriots when prior to yeah, that yes yeah. let's go to rob dosmati our bah, executive producer I'm, oh my god uh let's go with the packers green bay packers lots of titles in title town yes yeah. there they are absolutely That's number you one do it, answer number one answer go, 28 division titles is a franchise in the nfl the history of the nfl sam kinsley our technical producer is on board uh, give me the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ah, the Steelers and the Steel curtain of the 1970s. Show me. Yeah, yeah! show me Steelers. They showed it to me. 24 division titles. Over to Isaac Cron. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, great success Nicely in the done. NFC West Nicely for all done. those sure. years. Show me 49ers. Oh, oh geez. no! Jeez! Hold on a sec! Oh man, he's the shocking awe. We are down to two strikes. NFL history, okay? We do have a pass available. Back over to Mike Harmon. Let me slow this down a minute by reminding
4: you that Fox football fantasy <laughs> is brought to you by Geico. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. Filibustering is now done. And again, recent struggles. We'll look aside for a moment and take the Oakland, Los Angeles, whatever they are, Raiders.
3: The Raiders. Okay, if the Raiders is not on the board, we have got a lot of answers. Show me Raiders. No! Wow! That oh might God. be the worst we've ever done. I, I think it yeah. is. Okay, the reason well, I got two of them wrong. The reason so I said NFL guys was to eliminate some AFL franchises because we are going back. So the Packers were one, Steelers were one. Show me number 2. New York Giants. Oh, the New sure, York right, Giants right. after all those years. Anybody else want to throw out any teams? The Portsmouth Spartans? No, they, <laughs> they did not make the list current franchises. Just any... So any. The Bears? The Bears. Know. The Vikings. The Bears were at number six with 23 division titles. The rest of the board, Cowboys... Browns, Colts, and Rams. There it is. The Browns. Yeah, the Browns. And that's why NFL history, when you think of history, gosh, you've got, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 years for some of these franchises. Well, it's more
4: just the, you know, when it mattered. Well, <laughs> In other words, recency bias comes into play.
3: That leaves us with the one game that we really didn't talk about a lot, Chargers-Jets. About what, do like, what do you like about the Bryce what, Petty what,
4: game today? I like the Chargers to roll up a <laughs> lot of points. And for that defense to torment that young man, it'll be a difficult proposition. You know, winging off his backseat, you got Matt Forte, Powell, everybody's ready and, and ready for Bear there. But it's a work, workload split that you can't go into. Robbie Anderson no better than a third wide receiver against those corners. And so you look for the Chargers side, Keenan Allen. Uh, Antonio Gates back in the mix, That Hunter Henry goes to IR, so potentially a streamer there.
3: A very Merry Christmas to all of you. We hope you have success in Week 16, and we can't wait to wrap up the year with you next week here on Fox Football Fantasy.